Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Ayo, welcome into the CHGO White Sox podcast presented by PointsBet. Use promo code CHGO when you sign up to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. Welcome into the CHGO Studios. This is Studio A in our West Loop offices. I am Sean Anderson, the host of the CHGO White Sox podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. This is CHGO White Sox podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at CHGO underscore White Sox. Let's introduce the team. Today we are being produced by Stephen Nicholas. Hello, Stephen. How's it going, guys? I just want to throw you for a loop. Awesome. Let's introduce the panel. We got on our far left, Vinny Duber. Follow him on Twitter, at Vinny Duber. He is the beat writer for the CHGO White Sox beat. And then our community leader, the man in the middle, Herb Lawrence. Hello. Follow him on Twitter, at Ecknerwall23. What's up, guys? You enjoying this gloomy day? It's great. Finally, March is over. After today, we get into some real months with April. Imagine this would have been home opener, I believe, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. 31st. This oh. would have been opening day. It, it would have been, been freezing cold. Sounds it would have been miserable. They would have played this game, too. <laughs> Absolutely. Ugh. Well, yeah, because, I mean, it, it, the rain stopped after about 11. Cool. So this would have been perfect opening day weather. You know, the, the Roger Bossert's done all this work. Mm-hmm. The, the, the grass is all wet. The seats are all wet. And there's like, you know, 5,000 people at we, the G-Ray. We definitely would have gotten a media session with Roger today. That's Oof. that's no question. And Man. thank God for the lockout. Who has ever said that? Yeah. It, Jesus. Wait. Goodness well, gracious. I mean, the weather in Detroit. Next week, and it's not supposed to be very nice either. Yeah, you excited for that? But I don't have to go. That's you. <laughs> it's going to be cold there, just like it was cold in September. Uh, I do wonder how the lockout is affecting Roger Bossert. Why haven't we talked about that yet on the podcast? I, I mean, we saw plenty of Roger down in uh, down in Arizona. He was oh, down he? there doing his work on, on the fields of Camelback Ranch, so... He's a working man. He's he's got more than a more than six-month job. He, he's he's a year-round kind of guy. Yeah, he's Who? done a lot of the... like. Uh, like consulting for other baseball parks, right, and football stadiums. So across the world, yeah, at that as a as 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 if I'm not mistaken. Who watches Camelback Ranch when Roger Bossert isn't there? The Sodson, <laughs> the Sodson. There's, son? there's yeah. some guy yeah. or girl there that's yeah. just watching. They got to play some the Sod neighbor, the Sod neighbor. <laughs> yeah. <Someone's>, he <laughs> also gets the mail. Right. <laughs> uh, well, today on the CHGO White Sox podcast, uh, we'll be doing some icebreakers. Uh, we got some Michael Conforto talk. Uh, Apparently he had an injury back in January. We'll talk about maybe if that's why he's still available on the free agent market. We'll continue previewing the AL Central teams. We've previewed the Royals. We've previewed the Motor City Kitties. We've previewed the Minnesota Twins. Today we have the Cleveland Guardians on the docket. We'll also discuss opening day starter for the Chicago White Sox. Will it be Lance Lynn? Will it be Lucas Giolito? We got some quotes from Dallas Keuchel to uh, shine upon uh, that discussion as well. Am I missing something? No. What we're going to talk about right now. What are we talking about right now, baby? The icebreaker. What's the icebreaker? Well, I don't know how many people have subscribed to ESPN Plus out there, but if you do, yeah. uh, Jeff Passan, noted national uh, noted mm-hmm. national baseball writer, he uh, he picked the White Sox to win the World Series. What? 
So that's kind of that's kind of nice if you're a White Sox fan and you like and you uh, you know put a lot of stock into into Jeff's uh, uh, predictions there. You know we're gonna I know we're gonna have our own predictions coming up next week. Yeah, April sixth. So the day the two days before opening day for the Chicago White Sox, uh, and I guess one day before uh, opening day, which is April seventh, we will be having our big prediction show. We have already filled them all out. We're excited to to bring them to you. But I was pretty shocked that Jeff Passan picked the White Sox. I don't know about you guys, like the fact that. You have a national writer from the outside looking in and still seeing the potential of this team. It's a, a brighter note than what we've been talking about, I feel like. You know, talking about a, a subpar offseason. Kind of going to your point, Vinny, you can have a subpar offseason, yet, you know, still be. You're not starting from zero. You could still, you know, improve your team and fill out some holes. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I like I, I think we're using this as a nice little tease toward our own predictions next week. But right. Jeff might not be the only guy with the White Sox and Dodgers in the World Series. Ooh. Mm. Mm. Interesting. Mm. I like that. Mm. A little, little uh, meat on that bone. Yeah, I mean, going through the predictions, it was it was tough. It's it, it's a fun discussion always. Uh, it, you know, not to spoil anything, we do think the, the White Sox are in the AL Central. Whoa, uh, whoa, whoa. But, but <laughs> calm down. Don't give it away, Sean. <laughs> uh, we're excited to give you those on, on April 6th. But... Uh, her like the fact that people are getting all excited over this and, and Jeff Passon making this prediction like does it mean anything to you like does this change your outlook on, on the Sox does it make you feel a little bit better that you know a national view is being uh, seen so positively of the Sox a well-respected journalist like Jeff Passon showing faith in what the White Sox have on their team always should give you a little bit more confidence in what your squad is doing. Yeah, of course, 100%. I, it's not a like a, a blowhard. It's not a guy that's just throwing out stuff just to throw it out there. Jeff is very, very respected, and he has his uh, times where he's going to be uh, funny. On You ever see him do this Elmo oh, yeah. thing? Like, he's my favorite MLB uh, insider, bar, bar none. He is bar none the best guy out there. And when he throws something out there like that, I was absolutely astonished. Firstly, because... You know, I got my own negative thoughts about the White Sox. This whole offseason was, you know, kind of painted a bad picture in my mind. But then I was like, we got Luis Robert. Oh, we got Eloy Jimenez. <laughs> Lucas Giolito, awesome. Lance Lynn, god damn, we have a real actually good whip. And so, yes, Vinny is here sometimes. He's like, hey, guys, come on now. You guys got a little negative vibe about the White Sox. We have a real ass, good-ass team. You, you, I think you said the other day. We're not starting from zero. Yes, the Colorado Rockies had a better offseason than the White Sox, but the White Sox are much better than the Colorado Rockies, and they will compete for the World Series this year. And that feels good that a national guy is also going on in that ledge and saying, I feel that they're going to beat the Dodgers, who are a juggernaut. I maybe not agree with them, but it's really good to have. Well, it's funny, too, because I was also I saw on some other uh, betting show that someone picked the White Sox thinking that Aloy was going to have a big season. And it's funny that Jimbo says uh, this may be the first time ever that people outside of Chicago are now more optimistic than Sox fans. Uh, we are all afraid to let go of the pain of the past, which is true. I mean, I, there was a whole bit I did on Locked on Sox about White Sox therapy and how this team, you know, you, it, it needs intensive therapy to get over some of the things behind them. But this is a very bright 2022. I mean, th there's a reason Rick Hahn did stand up at a pre press conference once and say, ask me after the parade. Like, this is the expectation, as much as we want to clown on them, saying this lineup and this roster has championship aspirations. 
how it's currently uh, con- constructed. Uh, they still won 93 games last year, back-to-back postseason appearances. Uh, it is nice to at least get some outside uh, optimism. And it's good to know that if you're not going to listen to me, at least you'll listen to Jeff Passon. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> to you. It's just, you know, you're again. You're here. You're too close to us. Too close to the situation. Like, I, you, Jeff says, you, like, oh, my God. You've, you've made, Jeff. Yeah, you've made me more optimistic. I, I could say that. Doing this podcast with you, you've definitely made me more optimistic. Look at look at things a little bit less, uh, you know, harshly. Cynically. That's, yeah. that's my job. But <laughs> the other four teams that we have previewed, and we're going to preview another one today, and the Cleveland Guardians would trade their roster currently for the White Sox roster in a second. Yeah, I mean, that might be I think they tra- question. I think they'd trade their roster for a few of the White Sox players in a second. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they could, like, they there's probably 25 teams in the major leagues that would like, yeah, well, I, want the, I want the White Sox roster. Right, that, that's a question. Like, we were we put this up when we were talking about having an off uh, subpar offseason, uh, your question of where did the White Sox rank, and Rick even talked about that on November 5th. Like, he, he saw that team on November 6th as the second best team in the AL. Uh, now, you know, if you flip that question, like how many teams would want to be the White Sox? I, I mean, there's probably eight of them that probably, you know, for sure wouldn't want to be that might be in a similar spot or a little bit better, like in, in, in the entire MLB. But I mean, the Sox are a are, have a target on their back for how they've performed over the past two years. Uh, so, I mean, it is good to see so, some outside optimism and not to, 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 to harsh yours, Vinny. You, you are very optimistic, <laughs> uh, definitely the most optimistic uh, on this podcast. I've been optimistic about a different guy, uh, Michael Conforto. We got some news about him yesterday from Ken Rosenthal. Apparently back in January, he landed awkwardly on his shoulder, causing some concerns about his free agency, which is why Scott Boris uh, releasing the news about his shoulder injury. Seems like interest has kicked up in the past week, but Herb, let's go to you first on the Conforto news. Mm-hmm. Was it shocking to hear that he was an injury? Uh, you know, he has an injury or suffered an injury in January, you know, landing awkwardly on a dive because we have been pretty confounded about his free agent status. I mean, it clears up a little of the why he hasn't signed for a team because you know that Mike Conforto, the player, would have been signed no matter what in this market. Um, not shocking, but, you know, it's it clears up some stuff. I think now it's late in the season or the offseason, most teams have their right fielder. Most teams have their designated hitter. This is advantage White Sox. If they really want to go out and sign a big-time bat – Mike Conforto would probably come to them cheap, probably come to him with a one-year deal with an option on, on top of that with a team option. And I think that would still get their representative bats for Andrew Vaughn, probably not as much for Gavin Sheets because you have to uh, prioritize which one you think is a better player. And I think they think that Andrew Vaughn is a better hitter, so they would give him more bats no matter what. I think it's advantage White Sox right now if they really want to get him. Now, if they don't, cool. But this clears up a lot of things that I was wondering. Maybe Rick is sitting back. It's like, you, you MFers, you're talking. <laughs> you, you didn't know the thing. That man was hurt. I knew he was hurt in January. I want Rick to come out and say that one time. It's like, y'all, ain't nothing. Stop talking. <laughs> hey, I know well, what's going on. I've been a GM for a lot of years now, almost, yes. two, almost 10 years. Shut the heck up. Yeah, I mean, as much. I can cuss, but I don't want to, Steven. You know, there's kids out there. <laughs> as much as we want to, you know, talk about Rick Hahn and the job that he's done, I mean, he does know more baseball about me. I, I'm not afraid to uh, make that statement that he knows more about baseball and how the inner workings of baseball uh, has. I mean, they've had this information since January. I know there's a burner account that uh, recently tweeted out that the White Sox just started getting reengaged with Michael Conforto, and this was before the, the Rosenthal tweet. So this at least lines up with – 
uh, the tweet of how he wanted to get back to 100% before resuming contract negotiations with clubs. It seems like he's resumed negotiations uh, with clubs. Vinny, do you expect him to sign before opening day? just because of the way that everything has unfolded. The the draft moved back now, so he won't be able to wait till June to get signed. Uh, if he's trying to get that pick off of him, he'll have to wait till July. It does feel like signing on April 7th or before April 7th is in his best bet. Do you think he will sign before opening day? I don't know. You got, you've got an agent in Scott Boris who usually uh, figures out a way to get the most for his clients, and if that uh, if that means this time around, you know, waiting you know, deep into April or, or, or May or June or whatever. I mean, we saw it happen with, with, with Dallas Keuchel, who's also a, a, a Boris client. So, you know, that, that kind of throws a wrinkle into it. You know, I think this definitely, like Herb, you mentioned, would, would go a little bit of the way toward explaining why he hasn't signed yet. But I'll also bring this up. The White Sox gave a multi-year deal to Joe Kelly, knowing that he's not going to be ready for opening day. Right. Um, now, it, it, it makes me wonder, okay, we heard from Ken that, that there was an injury in, in January with Michael Conforto. How bad's the injury? We don't know. Well, you know what I mean? It, yeah. And and it sounds like, you know, I would imagine that Boris and, and Conforto's camp would be painting it as, as you know, Rosie. not a big deal as possible. But who knows? Maybe you get a, a few team doctors that look at him and, and there's a different opinion from what the agent's saying. Obviously, that is all hypothetical stuff. But, um, you know. But, I mean, it's, it, I mean, your point, though, I mean, they say it happened in January. It, a injury that took him about two months to get fully back to 100% too. Right. And I think the thing is, why would you, it, a, a lot of teams are trying to minimize risk, right? right? So, I mean, it's not necessarily that they look at Conforto and go, well, we don't need that guy. It's that we don't need to deal with the question mark that might be that guy kind of thing. And, and if, and if that is a serious enough injury, I could see where um, teams would be hesitant, especially if they're okay with some of the, some of the plan B's or some of the internal options that they have, which the White Sox would certainly fall into that category and I do wonder too with the lockout I mean if he hurt himself in January he probably wasn't able to talk to anybody him being a free agent I know teams or players that were a part of a team like let's say Lance Lynn if he had you know knee issues he was still able to talk to team doctors yeah Uh, I don't know if Conforto was able to talk to the Mets doctors I don't know if he was able to even get in contact with some of these GMs at this point during July or uh, during January and during February so uh, it might be a very good point yeah pretty pretty shocking like post lockout if He's not renegotiating or he's not uh, reengaging in contract point or contract talks until this point recently. It's yeah, I mean that's a very good point that you bring up too. Is that not? I mean, he was a free agent, so even in a normal offseason, had that been the case, it, it, it's possible he wouldn't have had anything. Obviously, I'm sure he's got access to perfectly fine doctors with all the money right. that he's made in his career. But the point being that he might be put on a different plan than a team might put him on. And, and maybe that's where the hesitation, uh, or not even hesitation, but that's a difference that could exist right now in these in these real-life real, real life conversations. So Yeah, and I don't know if, you know, I'm sure that word got out, like, to Rick Hahn and people in the White Sox uh, farm or uh, front office that, hey, Michael's not doing anything right now. And the, the reason is because of uh, injury he had in January. Probably during the lockout, they couldn't necessarily talk directly to Rick Hahn, but mm-hmm. there's got to be a way. I mean, there's yeah, the, like, I mean, you think that the the White Sox didn't know that I, Michael Kopech had COVID late in February? There's somebody had to get a back channel. Hey, we're not ready yet. He's got to be shut down for a little bit. You know, if you need to plan accordingly and get another starter in, cool. But otherwise, you know, he's got this COVID. He'll, you need to ramp him up eventually. I just think back to the Bears in their first day on free agency. They go and sign uh, Larry Obanjobi, right, of, yes. uh, of the Bengals. He ends up failing his physical. So mm-hmm. 
even in a non-locked out NFL, they didn't have the right medicals to realize where he was health-wise. So it might be a a huge enough red sign, especially for a team like the Sox, who, you know, maybe this is the piece to push them over. If he is injured, though, that is something that we wouldn't want to spend our money, especially with, you know, if we're looking to trade Craig Kimbrell, you know, that that money that could be used on Conforto is currently being used on Kimbrell. Uh, Why would we right now, you know, trade a piece that we can't in, in Kimbrell, he might be able to up his value and also sign a guy who currently might be banged up. And explains that what you just brought up. Like, we can't trade Craig Kimbrell until we know that we're going to get maybe a bat that we need. And so Rick Hahn had plans probably in November. Hey, I'm going to go out and get this bat, this bat, this bat. And, yes, I'll re-sign Craig Kimbrell to trade him because that was the expectation everybody mm-hmm. had. But then – the monkey wrench was thrown in there with, oh, he's not negotiating? What are you talking about, Scott? Come on now. And now the revelation that he has an injury. So I, you know, I feel a little bad. I jumped the gun a little bit. I'm one I'm to do that on Rick Hahn and not doing a good job this offseason. Maybe his hands were tied by things like this where he's got to keep Craig Kimbrell on the team. And yeah. ultimately, it's not necessarily a bad thing that Craig Kimbrell pitches on your team if he's Craig Kimbrell. It's not a bad thing. And then we had somebody reach out being like, what's the issue with having Kimbrough on the roster and, you know, how Conforto might help the team? And it was just more about, like, this team's bullpen is already great. They just have a hole in right field. If if Craig Kimbrough bounces back and has a great run up to July, like, my biggest concern is, will he just fall apart like he did in 2021 again? Like, that's my only concern with Craig Kimbrough. I think that he will be fine, uh, you know, for the first half of the season uh, in, in 2022. Uh, the best way to support CHGO is to download the PointsBet app and use the code CHGO when you sign up. If you do that right now, you'll get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. But that's not it. If you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, you'll receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our web content, and you'll even get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO Locker. That's $2,000 in free bets, a free CHGO membership, and a free T-shirt from the CHGO Locker, all for making more than a fifty-time first-time to fifty-dollar first-time deposit at PointsBet. The fun part too: CHGO shirts have started shipping out, so you'll get them soon. If you have any questions, you can email PointsBet at allchgo.com, and we'll help you out. Your home for live in-play betting just got even better. Introducing PointsBet's newest feature: the live college basketball same-game parlay. So if you're watching college basketball tonight, maybe some NIT action, maybe some March Madness action on Saturday. Definitely take advantage of the live college basketball same-game parlay that PointsBet has to offer. You can watch live, parlay live, and if you want more, if you want better odds, you can boost your live same-game parlay with PointsBet. So watch live, parlay live, and boost live with PointsBet. Online sign-up sign up is available in Illinois. You can download the PointsBet app right now and register your account from start to finish. Plus, during PointsBet's Match Madness, all users can earn up to $100 in free bets. During each round, just place a $50 pregame wager and get a free $20 live bet to be used for that round. So what are you waiting for? Once the game starts, don't just bet. Live your bet life with points bet. Gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. And Herb, you've been taking Athletic Greens, right? Yeah, great. Yeah, they are great. Our next partner has a product I literally use every day. Herb literally uses it every day. I started taking AG1s because I just started this full-time job. I wanted to start getting on a schedule, wake up at 9.30 every morning, get my body right, drink my water, take my greens, and Athletic Greens lets me do both. I get to take in 12 ounces of water, mix in my AG1 uh, scoop, and it's, it's a perfect way to start my day. With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. I personally like it to start my day 
off right. And apparently 7,000 other people do because Athletic Greens has 7,000 five-plus star reviews uh, out, out there. Uh, it's also lifestyle-friendly whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free. It will be able to help you start your day right. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. Just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. Just eight to 12 ounces. Herb likes 10 ounces Mm -hmm. of water. Put the scoop in, mix it up, and you will be set for your day. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash C-H-G-O socks. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash C-H-G-O socks. Take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Guys, let's jump into some opening day starter talk. Today was supposed to be opening day. It is not. It is still April 8th uh, after the first two series were canceled after the whole lockout debate. But we had this talk last year. Uh, it was probably clearer. It was probably pretty easily Lucas Giolito. But now there's some question marks after the way Lance Lynn pitched in 2021, after the way Dylan Cease finished in 2021. And, you know, Lucas Giolito had a fine year. But let's talk about who should start opening day for the Sox. Tony LaRussa hasn't made an announcement yet. Did you talk to him about this down in spring training? That question was not asked while I was down there, but I did see that it was asked in the the interim here, and uh, it looked like he's deciding between Lucas and Lance, which I think everybody would have expected. But uh, that's what what we've gotten from the Southside skipper. So why don't we have that debate, Lucas or Lance? There's one guy that chimed in, Dallas Keuchel, my best buddy. He (laughs) talked about the scenario of who will be the opening day starter. Keuchel said, I've always been a big proponent of how you finish the year before is how you should start. Oh, bef- wait, what? How you finish the year prior is how you should start oh, the following season. Thank yes. you. Thank you. It doesn't matter if you're 22 years old or 34. Lance finished top three in the Cy Young vote. I think he should get the opening day start. So there's a veteran, the former Cy Young right there, uh, Dallas Keiko, backing up Lance Lynn. Herb, Lynn or Giolito? Who are you going with? I go with Giolito because I think he is more the White Sox ace right now going forward we like to give contracts out to people for what they're gonna do instead of what they're they have done and I think while Lance Lynn is good I think his ascension is at its peak he's good top three in the AL Cy Young right I think Lucas Giolito still ascending to the higher heights I think he's the better pitcher right now and will be the better pitcher by the end of the year so I'm giving the ball to my guy who I think been with the team longer, was the worst pitcher in baseball in 2018. (laughs) And now, while you might think that he pitched poorly last year, early in the year, I would agree with you. He had a pretty decent year last year. It's comparable to the year before. So I say that Lucas Giolito gets a ball when we start up in Detroit, April 8th in Detroit. Yeah, I don't think there's a wrong answer, which is which is the good problem right. to have here, right? I mean, whether you go with either of these guys, you're going to put your team in a very good position to win the game. Uh, I, I tend to think, you know, a little bit more that the opening day start isn't really that important. It's more important who's starting game one of the playoffs, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And last year we saw that that was Lance Lynn uh, for the White Sox. But uh, I think the guys care. You know what I mean? I think the guys care who's starting on opening day. To say that you're your team's opening day starter is is a badge of honor for sure. If you're talking about the reward, who who deserves the reward the most? Yeah, Lance Lynn had a phenomenal season last year. He had the best season on the team. Don't don't get me wrong, he is 
very much a leader in that in that clubhouse and especially on that pitching staff. Uh, I think he would be a terrific choice. But Herb, I would agree with you. If I'm if I'm Tony Larusa, if I'm wearing the manager's hat, which is a terrible idea, you don't want me to do that. But uh, I would go with I would go with Giolito. Uh, I think I've said a lot on this podcast. He's he's the ace of the staff, in my opinion. He's the guy that I would want to have the ball in, in a big game after what he showed uh, in that 2020 playoff start that he made. So. Gilito would be my pick, but you can't really go wrong. You definitely have the best mustache of any manager. That's for sure. I, th- I think there's no competition. Oh, not, I don't know about all time. We'd have to go through oh. the list there a little bit. I mean, Curry. Jim Leland had a nice one. Jim Leland did <laughs> have nice. a, a nice one. But Jim Leland's not coaching. Right right now, I think that you might be the only manager with a mustache, okay. which is a good look. I think right. that you know we should have more It's a good managerial look. Yeah. yeah. Jim right. Leland was cool looking. I trusted Jim Leland. I don't trust most managers. I trust Jim <laughs> Leland. Uh, I'm going to go with Lucas Gilito. Uh Going back to the the Keiko quote, uh, talking about how you finish, uh, July fourth to the end of the season, Lucas Giolito had an ERA of three eighteen. Uh, Lucas Giolito was fantastic last year. He had a really really bad start in Boston last year. Outside of that, he was pretty decent. I mean, I I really don't think that there is a competition here. I was. Shocked that Lance Lynn even started game one of the AL uh, DS last year. I didn't think with his history against Houston that made any sense, especially in that ballpark with the way that Houston takes advantage of the Crawford boxes. I thought it made zero sense. I would have put Lucas out in game one. And Lucas, we've seen him in Oakland, him in Minnesota on August 21st, uh, 2019. Like, he loves these big games. He loves to play up uh, when when the spotlight is the biggest. He loves being the guy. I know that Lance Lynn has a ton of experience and leadership uh, and has helped, you know, Kopech and Cease uh, guidance-wise become the pitchers that they have been. But Lucas Giolito, especially with how you've pissed him off with the current arbitration stuff, the way that he has added poundage to his uh, frame, I really think that he wants this. I think that he wants to have a better 2022 than 2021. He feels probably disappointed in his 2021, even though it was still fantastic. I think that this is the guy. If you have the face of a franchise like you do representing your stadium's name and commercials, it would make no sense to not have Lucas Giolito be your guy. I mean, that's that's the representation uh, of your team. And to speak a little bit more about Lance Lynn, I think him not getting the ball on opening day not necessarily will peeve him off, but he'll pitch with a little bit more, hey, you guys don't think I'm the ace of this staff? No, Saturday. You're effed up, Tigers. This is you're done. He's gonna call people slap dicks all day long. He's gonna be yelling on the mound. He's gonna be motivated to get the job done. I think the re- reverse of that, I don't think happens. Like if Lance starts, Lucas is like, cool, Lance earned it. He's he was uh, obviously the ace of the staff last year, and I'll pitch on Sunday. I think the opposite of Lance just getting just mad. Like Tony, you don't believe I'm the best pitcher on this staff? Are you kidding me? No. I'm going to show you that I'm the best pitcher pitcher on this staff, and the Tigers are not going to get any runs off of me. Lucas gave up two yesterday. They didn't get none on me because I like the competition they have, and it seems like all the pitchers build off each other, mm-hmm. and I think Lance especially builds off of the other guys. What's the pitching like dynamic like? I know you haven't been able to be in the locker room due to COVID and due to the Zoom stuff, but I, if you were in spring training, like are these guys like truly Buds, like the, the 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 starting rotation, like is it a good kind of you know 
rapport they have with one another, the five? Yeah, it seems that. I mean, it sure seems that way. I mean, even going back, you know, to, to 2020, which was the last time I was at spring training before this year, I mean, they, they kind of walk around in a, in a bit of a huddle. You know what I mean? Mm. Because they're on, they're on kind of the same schedule or they're on a thing where it's like, all right, today is the day that, that, that Gilito is going to do the most kind of work and they stand around and watch him. You know what I mean? Today's the day Lance is going to throw live BP. All the four other guys are lined up on the sideline watching him. I mean, and and listen, that might just be how spring training works. I might not be breaking any news here to anybody. Right. But uh, to answer your question, yeah. And I mean, the way the, the, the leadership role that, that Lance has taken has been talked about an awful lot, always in glowing terms. The leadership that Lucas uh, brings on a regular basis has been talked about a lot, often in glowing terms. Uh, and I don't think you can discount what Dallas Keuchel has meant to this team as a veteran, too in terms of his influence on some guys. I, I remember last year, Carlos Rodon referred to him as my very good friend, Dallas Keuchel, at one point in a, uh, in a, in a, in a, in a media session. And I know Dylan Cease, uh, you know, leans on Dallas as, as well as he does everybody else. So um, I think that there's I, – I do think that that is the case. And certainly what you were talking about, Herb, that whole competition between the five of them, Again, that's something that happens on a lot of pitching staffs in a lot of years on a lot of teams, but you're definitely going to see it with these guys this year to try and one-up each other. And I do wonder what the loss of Carlos Rodon will mean to that rotation. Thankfully, you know, Michael Kopech's a pretty good replacement. Uh, but it is because, you know, Cease and, and Rodon were buddies. You mentioned his very good friend, Dallas Keuchel. So, you know, losing Rodon, I do wonder what the effect will be. And let's talk about that a little bit. You weren't here yesterday, Vinny. Uh, glad to have you back today. We talked about with Michael Kopech. He's going to be pitching tonight against the Reds in a spring training game. Uh, first appearance this spring training. Going to pitch two innings. Going to be trailed by Vince Velasquez. We tried to sort it out like when he will pitch. It seems like Kopech will pitch today. Keiko slated for the next spring training game. Then it will go Giolito, Lynn, Cease, Kopech on the final spring training game, which should set him up for the home opener. So if we go Giolito 1, Lynn 2, Cease three, would you have Kopech fourth starting home the home opener? Well, I, I think it, we, we get so used to just kind of lining them up in order of who we think is the best or who we think is going to be the most accomplished or something like that. Maybe, maybe you're of the opinion that, oh, Dallas Keuchel has a Cy Young. Dallas Keuchel's won the World Series. He's a veteran. Why is he pitching behind Cease even? Right. You know what I mean? Kind of thing. Or maybe you're of the opinion that Dallas is on the downswing. He should definitely be fifth. But there's so many questions about Kopech. Why isn't he fifth? We have a quote from Dallas that he, that he said that I think explains it pretty good. And, and this is Dallas being a little more frank than anybody was about Michael Kopech. And he goes, we've got to be smart with how we line up, guys. And I told Ethan Katz, if you need me to go before Kopech on the four or three spot in the rotation, and he's four, being referring to Kopech, or if he's four and I'll be five, to kind of make sure that we're going to fill some innings after his start because we're going to use three or four bullpen guys for the first month or month and a half when Mike takes the ball. And again, I think that's more frank than even we heard from Ethan Katz or we've heard from Tony LaRusso or Rick Hahn, uh, a veteran pitcher knowing maybe where Michael Kopech is and kind of realizing the situation, Dallas Keuchel probably will line up fifth for that very reason, which is when Michael Kopech goes, he's might maybe not going to be built up enough yet where he's going to be able to pitch the regular level of the rest of the guys. Obviously, everybody is on a different or an irregular level this year because of the lockout, but Kopech maybe can only go three innings or four innings, right. and that is a big pressure on the bullpen. And so if Dallas can be regular Dallas, not last year's second-half Dallas, but regular Dallas, mm -hmm. and go out there and eat up six, seven innings, that saves your bullpen, and it builds your bullpen back. And I think the the fear is that you go ahead and you throw all your, 
your uh, your guys in the one through four spot and then Kopech in the fifth, you, you're you know obviously Giolito can then go out again and and, right. and eat innings, but you've got a guy in in Dallas who and he believes he's going to be able to get back to that longevity that he's had throughout his career, that he can kind of be the guy to save the bullpen, to play a little bit of a stopper role. Doesn't doesn't matter how good or bad Kopech was in his right. start. It's just that he's not able to go as long. Well, and the thing, too, I, I do think that structurally that makes the most sense because of what you're saying, the the length that uh, Keiko can go if you know Kopech can only go three or four, and then they end up using three or four guys in the bullpen, like Keiko said. Uh, but the thing, too, is, like, stylistically-wise, contact pitcher, hopefully he can just get out of the inning, you know, with six pitches or whatever, or you have seven pitches, and it's just an easy ride for Keuchel to get to the sixth inning. Uh, that that seems makes a ton of sense because if you, you're able to get, you know, into the sixth inning, uh, you, you can clean up, and then you have Giolito and Lynn, too, to even give you uh, a, a ton extra more innings, where if you're following up Kopech with Cease, you know, we've seen a couple of starts from Dylan where, you know, the control isn't there, he's a little bit off, might be rusty, just shaking off some some April cobwebs, like, Cease can be bounced out of the third inning, and, you know, you have Cease and Kopech only going three, you're taxing your bullpen a lot there, so it is going to be interesting, I mean, they, they spend a lot of money on their bullpen, Herb, but I think that's the, the correct way to start it up, Giolito, Lynn, Cease, Kopech. Keiko, you agree? Yeah, it's it works for me. I would want, and it looks like maybe they're doing it with Vance Velasquez, um, somebody to be paired up with him. Since it, the lockout is allowing them to have 28 men on the roster for the first, what, month, I would say instead of a guy like Vince Velasquez, who is a question mark for me, go to Raylo. Have Raylo be the guy that is paired with Kopech for the first month, and you can have that type of uh, – situation there because you have other guys you know, a lot of right-handers in the bullpen so Raylo can just be like okay every fifth start of Kopex I'm also tag team with them so Kopech gets me four I'll go two then we get it to our bullpen type of thing because Vince Velasquez that's not a that's not a solid guy for replacing uh Michael Kopech I would in my heart of hearts I would love to have Garrett Crochet to be the the right. tandem guy but he's gonna probably be needed for the other games, because he's there's two left-handers in the bullpen. I think you could have Raylo be the guy, and you give him some nice experience. You give him a longer uh, chance to be, you know, last year I think he got a little taste. Now he can have a real middle reliever role, like in the old days, where you're actually going multiple innings, and you're counted on for going multiple innings. And I think that's his best role, because he can just cut down some of the pitches and just throw that fastball 98 past people, a little bit more instead of worrying about, oh, that guy saw me already the first time. I threw him a fastball. He hit it to the left field bleachers. Now I can like, okay, I'm throwing him a fastball. He won't see me again because I'm only going three, right. and I'm good. The only thing I would say to that, I would agree with you that that Lopez can be relied upon probably a little bit more than Velasquez if we're just talking about the results. Yeah. I would say that the White Sox probably think that Lopez has a little bit more versatility at this point in terms of he just went a year or – a portion of a year, mm -hmm. being a reliever. he They know that he can be called on in any day of the week mm -hmm. or any day during right. that rotation to come in and fill in. Velasquez, maybe they want to keep him on a starter schedule because that's what he's been on the mo majority of his career. Mm -hmm. And by assigning him to kind of piggyback, to use the term, mm -hmm. Kopech, they can keep him on a starter schedule. His routine is a little bit more uh, regular for him, and maybe that increases the chances of his success. And thinking stylistically, too, Kopech being this power arm Big fastball, big slider. That's right now the Lopez. Yeah. Exclusively big fastball, big slider. 
I think the issue with Lopez is, you know, exposure. He was very good in a limited time last year, but he does only have two pitches. He only does have the fastball and slider. That's what he relied on last year. That's what worked for him. It's fine. That's what works. You can do that out of a bullpen role, but I think if you're seeing a guy like Kopech, big fastball, big slider, it would be foolish to follow that up with Raylo just because it might be a similar Same thing. Yeah, a, a similar vibe where if you throw out Velasquez who throws 93 and has these, you know, different mixes of a fastball, it will get guys a little bit off balance. Like hopefully you can stylistically balance it where, you know, you have Keuchel with these, you know, pinpoint accuracy, sinker ball, you know, low 80 or high 80s uh, guy and then you bring in Velasquez's big 97 fastball like maybe that is better stylistically wise to pair up. I hear you. I hear you. I just, I just think that Raylo is probably the better pitcher, and I want you know, like things that I want the results to be favorable, and rolling dice on Vince Velasquez. I don't want to do that too tough. I he gives me Matt Latos vibes. Not it's not. Those even, are not the vibes you want. Yeah, it's <laughs> not necessarily because of Vince. Um, he's probably a great guy, and I've heard Matt is not. So <laughs> I would want somebody who. I think they have a future in Raylo. He has a future in this Major League Baseball, and I think it is as a reliever. So why not start it this year as a guy who's a tag team? And then, like Vinny said, he's probably a little bit more valuable to the team than just a guy who's piggybacking on Michael Kopech. They probably want to use him in other times, too. Yeah, we see the chat lighting up about Montas and Manaya, Montas and Manaya. I mean... The more and more I look at this rotation, I don't think that they're going to add. I've even talked myself into thinking that Dallas Keuchel can be the most valuable pitcher for the White Sox in 2022 just because of the way that this this whole thing's structured. Did he not pitch well in 2020? Yeah. But, I mean, it, Mickey Mouse season or not, yeah. he was top five Cy Young. Everybody uh, as White Sox fans were astonished that he pitched so well that year. Why can't he do it again? He it was just, and I don't mean to bring it up. I know Mickey Mouse season. It was a small sample size, Herb. Like, it, it was nine games. If he does that small sample size again, I don't care. Like, it, it ends up to be a 450 ERA with 150 or 125 to 150 innings pitched. I'm not asking a lot for Dallas. The money's it, sunk cost. If, the if man can pitch The more well. innings he provides, the better for the Sox. Yes, if, if he 100%. If he gives you four... 420 for 120, but he can give or he gives you like 475 over 160. I think the Sox, the Sox will take that 160. I think here's the thing that you got to remember: Dallas Keuchel right now, fair to call him a question mark, fair to call him an uncertainty, but you're calling him that because you don't know what's going to happen. Yes, right. It means that there is a chance that he could be the guy you saw in the second half last year, but it also means there's a chance you could he could be the guy you saw in 2020. And so I think that's the thing that, that some folks got to remember is that it is not a it is not a certainty that he's going to be bad. No. And so you got you got to wait and see which guy he is. I understand you want to minimize the uncertainties. That's that, that makes total sense. And it's possible that you know, that we've seen the brightest days of Dallas Keuchel, but this is a guy who's bounced back from bad seasons in his career before. Might as you know, there's there's you might as well give him a chance to do it this I, time around. I worry that it, it was his worst season, but also the you shedding light in your piece about his back injury and his health last year gives me a little bit uh, more of a, the ability to ease off on him, just a little bit. I mean, think about his offseason. He got married. He's got a, got less back problems. And Hopefully. we talked about it yesterday. Confidence. Maybe he feels a little bit more confident this mm -hmm. year. He's like, all right, everything's good. And, you know, I got a 
good woman behind me. My back is feeling much better. Well, and I know that I can get hitters out. I know I'm Dallas Keiko. I know that 2021 isn't me. I was feeling a little bad about myself. I'm back. Because I remember in 2020, him having the dinner with all the players and his mom going up, playoff or, playoff or bus bitches. That type of thing got me hyped up. And then the season got wiped away. I feel with these quotes that Vinny's getting out there in spring training, he's talking. Like, that That talk that he said about Michael Kopech, you don't hear that from another fellow uh, rotation man. Like, he's like, hey, yeah, we're going to need some people because Michael's not going to be ready. And maybe he's got blessing from the front office to say that stuff. But I like the conversation. I like that he's freely saying these things, telling you these things, so you know that Mike's not ready for a full six innings right now. And he's telling you the truth. I love that. I love truth-telling by ballplayers. And maybe that truth-telling is a thing of confidence. He knows he's not going anywhere. He knows he's in the starting rotation. He feels good. And I can tell the truth now. And you look back at last year, they had had four great starting pitchers and Michael Kopech. And Dallas Keiko was the odd man out. And he noticed that on the postseason roster. Now, not having Rodon... That fifth spot probably feels a little bit more secure. Reynaldo Lopez isn't really breathing down his neck for that spot. Vince Velasquez isn't breathing down his neck for that spot. Where Carlos Rodon and Michael Kopech, that hidden gem in the bullpen, he could have, if they kept Rodon, could have knocked Keuchel out of this rotation. I bet Keuchel's feeling just a little bit more confident in the spot that he has. It feels like he is ready and knows that he's going to be pitching for the White Sox this year. Also, too, like... You're not going to be able to get rid of him. Like, Craig Kimbrell won't be moved for his $16 million contract, and you know, he's fairly similar to Kenley Jansen, maybe a little bit worse. But you look at Dallas Keuchel, he is probably the worst <laughs> pitcher making $18 million. So, I mean, it's just tough to get rid of his, his contract. We've so done our job, Sean. You're really hoping for uh, something <laughs> to bounce back. Uh, good Lord, I need to be careful watching the show. You guys are actually convincing me to have high hopes for Dallas. I don't want to root against him. Like, he is still yes, on you're, the team. You're, you're, I just you're, think you're that regression can happen. I mean, he, he mentions it. Like, you know, uh, talking about being 34 uh, in, in accordance to Lance Lynn. I mean, he's he's up there in age. Like, it's tough to bounce back from, from certain injuries. It's tough to bounce back at a certain age. So, like, I, I just wonder if, like, this is the, 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 the iceberg. Like, he falls off and, you know, whatever. Like, I just – this might be the end of Keiko, but – Hopefully, he's able to just bounce back and, and be the Keiko that they signed back in, in 2020. If you enjoy CHGO, one way to help us out is to continue to grow. Uh, if you enjoy CHGO, one way to help us continue to grow is to download the PointsBet app and use code CHGO when you sign up. Not only are you going to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000, but if you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, you'll receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our web content, and you'll even get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO locker. It's time to give our PointsBet pick of the week. I'm going to give you a pick for tonight. we got the Bulls taking on the Clippers. Herb's going to the game. Yeah. And I thought the Bulls were going to be uh, a little bit more of a favorite. I thought the injury report for the Clippers would come out. Paul George wouldn't be playing. It's not the case. I got him on the money line, minus 176. You got the Bulls on the money line? Bulls on the money line, minus 176. Woke up this morning. It was like 136. So I put a bad, bad bet down. Uh, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to roll with the Bulls tonight. Being at home, Clippers have been bad outside of the last game against the Jazz. So your pick of the week is Bulls money line tonight because Herb's going to the game. Uh, so what are you waiting for? Download the PointsBet app right now. Online signup is available in Illinois. You can download the PointsBet app right now, and you'll be signing up with the fastest sportsbook easier than ever so you can start living your bet life in seconds. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. And if you enjoy CHGO, come be or come become a member. Join up, allchgo.com. If you want to be a part of the community that we're growing here at CHGO, 
All CHGO is where you could sign up. If you sign up, first thing you'll get is a free t-shirt. Those started shipping out. We got some White Sox t-shirts going out. I'm getting my CHGO pocket flag shirt. Really excited for those sleek designs to reach your doors. If you want one to reach your door, allchgo.com. You could check out the CHGO locker, which has all of the shirts uh, up for sale out there. Again, if you become a member, you get a free shirt. You also get access to our CHGO lounge. That's a members-only Discord. You can chat with all CHGO personalities in there and all of our community members. And you get access to premium written content written by uh, none other than Vinny Duber right over there. Uh, so if you're looking for some great White Sox articles, some great White Sox content, especially with opening day just around the corner, sign up at, uh, to become a member at All CHGO. Dot com. All right, let's continue. Before you go, sorry. Yeah, go ahead. No, for sure. When when Sean's talking about the Discord, I think our plan in the future is to have a mailbag, mailbag show. Yeah. So yeah. only people who are in the Discord can ask us questions for our mailbag show. So if that's going to push you for the next thing, well, may, become a member because we'll be answering questions on those mailbag shows for a whole 60 minutes. Herb, I mean, I just got to be honest with you. It makes sense for Monday. Monday mailbag, we can just put it in during the weekend. So if you want to join the Discord, we'll probably put the prompt out there on Friday. We'll have a Monday mailbag. If you have any Sox questions, come become a member. Come join our community at allchgo.com. Join that Discord, and you could become a, a part of our Monday mailbags that we'll and be uh, making with, more regular during the season. And once you get that, you get to Vinny's premium content. I mean, the other day I saw that the the Kopech story and uh, Keiko story was, was under a paywall. So, hey, you guys couldn't read that good stuff. Vinny's got some good uh, writing. He's a professional journalist. Yes. And you guys need to get into that. Allchgo.com. Become oh, a member. Way to sell it, Herbie. <laughs> you could talk to me. Yeah. You, you could talk to the, the CHGO White Sox community leader, Uncle Herb. Jesus Christ. <laughs> the real deal. What My was guy, the Jimbo. Realness? Yeah, the realness. The realness. That's the realness is cool. Like name. Jimbo, he is a CHGO member. Yes, he is. And he's got his CHGO sports shirt coming Monday. So excited for Jimbo. <laughs> Jimbo will be posting it, so uh, you know if we see Jimbo getting that shirt, uh, you know we'll we'll throw it up on Monday's show. Let's jump into our AL Central preview. This is the final team we're talking about. We've been going through the teams. Mm. Started off with Minnesota on Monday, then went to Kansas City. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, yeah. yeah. Kansas yeah. City yeah. on Tuesday, then went to Detroit on Wednesday. Today's Thursday. Totally forgot. That's why I was going to screw up where the Royals were. Today's Thursday, which means we're talking about the Cleveland Guardians. They finished second in the AL Central last year. Let's look at their lineup and uh, who they'll be tossing out. My fun part about uh, researching the Guardians was what we did before the show and uh, looked up their payroll. $37 million, and uh, one player makes more than that in a year. Max Scherzer makes 43. So uh, uh, great to see that. But this is the projected lineup for the Cleveland Guardians. Miles Straw is your leadoff hitter in center field. Ahmed Rosario is their sh- left fielder. I thought he was a shortstop. I mean, that's the, the, I get these from the Fan ML- you know, from, No, from MLB, their actual lineups they've done yeah. this week. Well, he, and he, they, I mean, Ahmed Rosario is. Been in the outfield before. I just yeah. have a, he's, he was a shortstop with the Mets. Uh, third, Jose Ramirez playing third base. Fourth, Franmil Reyes. Franmil. Franmil. Uh, no, Franmil. That's what they call him. Franmil. Mm. Uh, fifth, Josh Naylor playing right field. Sixth, Owen Miller playing second base. Seventh, Bob Bradley playing first base. Eighth, Austin Hedges catching. And ninth, Andres Jimenez uh, playing shortstop. So looking at this lineup, Herb, what's your first reaction? Uh, terrible. Um, <laughs> you know, there's somebody on this in this studio that went to school with one of those players the great owen miller and our steven nicholas right roll birds really wow yeah isu guy yeah same time uh he was just a touch after me yeah we might have overlapped a little bit 
Yeah. Like my I, last year there. Shout out Redbird. Is he from Naperville? Like Nicky Lopez is? I'm he's not sure he's, where he's from. Or is he from New Trier like Charlie Tilson? He's, from, I, he's a local product, I know. McQuan, Wisconsin is his oh, okay. uh, birthplace. Uh, I'll try to figure out. Yeah, no, he's the ambassador of the McQuan. <laughs> I don't get great. that reference. Great. Oh, come oh, on. Jesus Jerry Christ. Jerry McGuire? The McQuan. Oh, oh. I just know, show me the money! Wow. That's a, I've seen the movie, but I, yeah. I'm bad with movie references. But look at that I'm lineup. Sorry. He's from that, Wisconsin. That lineup is absolutely terrible. Like, Kenny, you like the like, guy part of aspect like of it. Jose Ramirez, I'm pitching around. I don't care if Franimal <laughs> can hit the ball eight million feet. If I'm the White Sox, every single time they face Jose Ramirez, four, go. Bases loaded. I don't give a damn. I don't want Jose. You, you guys know what Jose Ramirez has done versus the White Sox and the whole American League. That is the only person in that lineup that is deadly. Now, Miles Straw last year had a great, uh, I think, in Houston versus the White Sox when he was an Astro, he had a great series. He can run into all a the Astros had a great series. They, oh that man, weekend. they got fed except for the Carlos Rodon uh, uh, outing to talk to Sean's uh, guy. He was dominant down there in Houston, even though the White Sox lost that game. That lineup is really piss poor, and the fact that they're only paying people thirty-seven million for a payroll. All right, I'm like, what are you doing? Like, what are you doing? This is a franchise. When they open up the Jake. Sold out, what, how many games? 300-plus? And now they can't get anybody there? Like, there's money that they're making. They're collecting money from somebody. And to spend only $37 million where teams are spending upwards of $200 million, that's embarrassing. This is why the lockout lasted so long, because of teams like Cleveland. Yeah. And you know who agrees with you, Herb? Who was that? Dallas Keuchel. My guy. Yes. One, more, one more little bit that from Dallas. Was, one more that little, was a segue One right more there. little bit from Dallas, Stephen, if you want to put it up here. From, st- from spring training, he l- took a little nice he shot at the division rivals. the Cleveland team. I mean, there it is. Dallas Keuchel, quote, Cleveland is Cleveland. Sucks. They always figure out a way to win and hang in there. From a CBA standpoint, I'd like Cleveland to pay their players more. But I'm not an ownership group, so I can't say much. Love it. I mean, the fact that Dallas Max Scherzer makes like more it. than their entire team, the fact that the Pirates have pay people $31 million and there's 10 players with a higher AAV than that, it is piss poor, like you said. I, I think I know where all the money is going in Cleveland Where's because that? I'll tell you something. No stadium that I've ever been to in Major League Baseball has a better soundtrack than the thing that's going oh, yeah. on <laughs> at the Prague. I mean, the, the you could just sit there. You're there like we're, we get – I don't know if people know this, but the, the writers, we get there really early. We're there like three and a half, four hours before they game because mm-hmm. that's when we got to do all the availability and stuff you could sit there for four hours and just rock out and, well, and just sit in the seats just soak it all in cleveland does rock in that in that fact cleveland rock city. Sure. yeah very fitting with the rock and roll hall of fame they they, they, they probably teach lessons high school, like could you imagine cleveland high school like they probably have a rock class <gasps> like that that's sick. Man, like i need to move to cleveland very, I mean, very school of rock style i mean that guy's still up there beating his drum still right there's oh, the, the, the guy from Major the, League? Yeah. yeah, No, the the fan. He was just oh, beating yeah. his drum all day long. And fun fact, uh, I don't know how long ago it was, but uh, uh, Akron, Ohio native, uh, Patrick Carney, the drummer from the Black Keys, mm. went up there and drummed with, with the them? guy. Yeah, yeah. That's he's it. a Cleveland baseball fan. It's too high. It's too high. Um, Who cares? <laughs> what do you mean too high? Uh, with Cleveland, yes, their lineup is poor, Really but poor. I think I think Herb said piss poor. Yes, yes. he did say piss poor. You've liked the guy aspect though of Cleveland's lineup, no? Like I thought you liked the the, the fact that like no, I like the guy guys. aspect of their rotation to be honest. Oh, but okay. I do think that uh, I do think I that uh, Cleveland Cleveland's a better team than the Royals just because of the pitching. Um, you know they're they've got they've got a full rotation of guys, which is good. 
but I, I'll put it this way. I've watched enough White Sox Cleveland games over the years to know that uh, the the Guardians are going to get a few wins out of this. I mean, there there are some guys you can see in there as you know little Jordan Luplo, uh, you know oh, little Ryan Rayburn guys <laughs> that are going to do some stuff. I mean, thankfully uh, Jordan Luplo won't get to face Manny Banuelos anymore, but still, hey, the, he's coming up. Did you see him? Uh, the Yankees. He's having a great spring with the Yankees. Man Ban is yeah. Man Ban is back. Wow. Man Ban is back after going down to the Mexican League. He's with the Yankees. They've rubbed off some magic with Man. Listen, Ban. good for good for Man Ban, but that that's. That's that game he pitched against uh, Cleveland a few years ago. That was just miserable. That date, you remember that game, Herb? I don't. Afternoon, afternoon game. It might have been game one of a doubleheader. Uh-huh. Jordan Luplo hit like six homers. I off remember of Jordan Luplo whenever he <laughs> faced a left-hander would just crush it. Yes. Like he's like home Big run, Luplo. home run, home run, home run. Goodness gracious! And you brought up the right name to compare him to Ryan Rayburn. Ugh. And there seems like there's some guys in this lineup that would are gonna have. They're gonna have well, do some. Josh things. Naylor. No, I'm not afraid of Josh Naylor. Josh Naylor is I, – I think that the White Sox can handle him. I, I, I worry about Miles Straw, especially how he played against the White Sox in the postseason. Uh, I'm also worried about Stephen Kwan, who we don't have listed. Uh, he'll probably make the – There's uh, the ambassador uh, of the Kwan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he'll probably make the uh, the opening day roster. Uh, not sure if he'll be on the, the actual lineup that day, but oh, he's yeah. got, you got were a great about place the catcher. It's Austin Hedges. Yes. They have a bunch of former Padres who are terrible. On their team, yeah. and Austin Hedges can catch his ass off. He can hit. I'm pretty sure Josh Naylor is a pretty a former uh, Padre he is a former too. Padre. Yeah, he's a so is uh, the guy we're going to talk about on the next yeah, slide for the pitching let's rotation. Pull up the pitching rotation. One of those guys is Cale Quantrill, former yes, uh, former Padre. But we got Shane Bieber after uh, returning after an injury uh, the past year. Aaron Savale, Zach Plezak. Cal Contrell and Tristan McKenzie. A lot of names in there, Vinny. You like the, the the names of these guys. I'm a little bit worried though because uh, Bieber coming off that injury. Uh, James Karinchak of their bullpen was really good, and then uh, the sicky substance uh, strike came down. And weirdly enough, Cleveland's pitching got a little bit worse uh, after after that happened. So I do wonder what that will play into effect, but the White Sox know that every one of these guys can be dangerous whenever they're on the bump. So uh, definitely the best part of this team is their rotation. I think so too, uh, but the only glaring thing they have there, and I'm not necessarily a handedness guy, all right-handers right there, all right-handers. So it gets a little the same there, and I think they're very similar pitchers too. The thing that Cleveland, I think the best thing that Cleveland does, and Vinny were talking about it before the show is Emmanuel Classe. Just 102 cutter, That that's unfair. They should just say, no, no, you cannot do that. It can be straight and 100, or it can be a cutter and 95. It can't be both. That's unfair. It's breaking bats left and right. It's Mariano Rivera, but with extra oomph to yeah, it. With like six more miles yeah, on you know, it. Not the, and and not he's the, also not like Mariano Rivera's stature. He's huge. Uh, there's two guys in the AL Central that own the White Sox. One of them, Emmanuel Class A, the other one, Scott Barlow of the Royals. So I, I do fear their bullpen. Like the, the pitching is the biggest strength of them. If they can keep it into one nothing games, we know that the Sox bats like they're either red hot last year or they can go cold. Uh, I, I know they don't really love to play in the Jake. It really feels like the bats go cold when they're when they're in Cleveland. So I, I do always worry about Cleveland. But if we're looking at the grand scheme of things, they're paying thirty seven million dollars for this payroll. I think that they're going to finish dead last uh, in, 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 in this season in the AL Central. I think that they'll also trade Jose Ramirez before 
uh, this season. I know there's an extension talk about uh, him going on with with Cleveland right now, but a little sign and trade action like the NBA. I, I think so, <laughs> or they're they're probably just getting people like, oh yeah, we're gonna sign this extension with Jose, you know, Ramirez. Make your best offers now because we're taking them. Uh, we'll, we'll we'll sign him to extension. We'll also get rid of him, which would be probably a day of rejoicement for the Chicago White Sox, knowing how he plays uh, against the, uh, the, the, the Sox. And he gets traded to like the White Sox first round playoff opponent. Yeah. He'll get traded to the Blue Jays. <laughs> yeah. um, let's go through uh, where you guys think they'll fin- finish the guardians. Where do you guys think they'll finish in the uh, AL central in 2022? I, I think they well, will uh, win I the Flint, Michigan that. mega bowl and finish in fourth place. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know where I picked the Royals, but I have them and the guardians in the same thing. Fourth or fifth. I think you picked the, the, the Royals to come fifth. Yeah, because so. I hate them. Um, I hate the Guardians a little less, so maybe fourth. Because Jose Ramirez, while they have nothing else in that lineup, somebody, some pitching staff is going to be like, Ugh, well, I can get Jose Ramirez out, and they're going to make a mistake, and Jose Ramirez is going to hit a three-run home run, and that bullpen and that starting rotation is going to carry that for a 3-1 win. Yeah, the rotation is definitely interesting and, and fairly young. I mean, none of those guys are old. I think the, the oldest one is Savale. Uh, but uh, I, I look at... Like the nature of uh, of their lineup, and like they don't have a ton of prospects. Like Detroit has up and comers. Talked about Torkelson yesterday. The Royals have up and comers. I just think that Cleveland, like they're just going to get worse and worse and worse. Like Stephen Kwan's an interesting name, but they don't have a ton of like top prospects. Even like the Twins have guys from the the Barrios trade. Like they need to really start spending money on their team or building up this farm because it, it's it's kind of becoming a, a pathetic franchise out in Cleveland, in my opinion. Who's the biggest rival for the Sox? Is it Cleveland? The biggest rival for the yeah, Sox? Yeah, we were like, talking about like uh, this. active or you mean so all time? We were trying to figure this out uh, before bets today. Um, who, like, the biggest White Sox rival was? Steven was in this conversation. I, you know, the Twins are obviously up there. But, yes, right now, who do you think the White Sox' biggest rival is? I say the Twins. The Twins are... Yeah, because we go up there. It's always something that goes on. You talked about the Lucas Giolito game. Was it August 21st? 21st yeah. Big game. Needed to get it done. Day I met and Jeff Samarja. With, Sox and Twins fans don't come together too too often. They don't have a, a thing where I feel like the Tigers are a good fan base. We I went up there a couple times, and I feel the Tigers fans are welcoming. I go up to the Twins. I didn't feel welcomed. I felt like I was attacked because it's a natural rival. We do not like each other. Maybe it's old school Blackhawks, North Stars things there, but or Minnesota and uh, the Bears. But, yeah, I do not like the Twins probably the most, and then the Royals are really close, but they don't really pose a threat to the White Sox taking the division this year, even though they're going to win a couple more games against the White Sox. I think the Twins are their biggest rival. When you're at these parks, is there a team that gives a vibe of, like, hating the Sox? Yes. Oh, him? Oh, yeah, I was asking me. him, but you, I mean, well, oh, yeah, no, you, I mean, no, you no, answered the damn question. No, not Vinny. <laughs> no one hates Vinny. I no, was going to say, I think Herb spot on from the who do White Sox fans think is the biggest rival. Then I think there's the who do the guys in the clubhouse think is the biggest rival. And until proven otherwise, I'm going to say Kansas City just because we have a quote from Tim Anderson for how, however many years ago it's been at this point. Oh, yeah. It says, I don't like I don't like the Royals. So I mean, listen, they're they're the team that freaked out on them for the bat flip. Uh, they're the team that that, that cleared the bases that day. Uh, Ta doesn't like them. We know Ta embodies the White Sox. Uh, so I'm gonna say it's the Royals, even if they're not uh, necessarily jockeying for top spot in the division with that team. 
I think I hate Cleveland the most. Just looking back on all the games, they've had Ryan uh, Rayburn, they've had uh, Jordan Lupolo, like the, Travis Hat- Hafner I hated. Uh, I hated Victor Martinez, even though he was a, a Tiger as well. Like, I think just fan-wise, I also hate the Jake. Just the look of it. Like, I don't like watching <laughs> afternoon games in Cleveland. There's something about the way the sun sets. There. I haven't been there since 2011, opening day, and I didn't have a good time, but... Vinny says the stadium's all right. And the music's good. The music's I, I good. liked. I liked. Uh, I liked what they had going on there in Cleveland. I don't. I don't mind that. I don't mind that ballpark. Uh, I, I. I think I like that ballpark better than Detroit. It's a must. They have stadium mustard there too. They do. Yeah. They do. I mean, I like Detroit. A little I think bit. Cleveland. I just think uh, like I go like with the welcoming of fans, uh, Detroit, and so I don't really don't dislike them. I don't know why I should hate them because of the 2000 fight we had with Robert Fick. I still don't like him. Um, and other Tigers out there. But I feel that they're pleasant people. I just, Cleveland doesn't register with me now. And I don't really know a lot of Cleveland Indian fans. Are there? Well, now you know none. Well, uh, I, I was to say, do, are they? <laughs> like Drew Carey, I don't know Drew him Carey, personally. Yeah. Shakia. Shakia Taylor, she's, she is, she but was. she isn't. Yeah. Like, she doesn't care what the Cleveland Guardians do on a daily basis. No. but I like I like the name, by the way. The, the Guardians? Guardians? I do. They, they liked it so much that uh, Herb showed us this on their spring training facility that they peeled off the uh, uh, the the first part of the, their former nickname and left the I-A-Ns, and now it's a, a white I-A-Ns uh, with a gray G-U-A-R-D. Uh, so it's Guardians, but it looks like clearly they have just removed the first part of, uh, of the old nickname. So I, I, Guardians is fine. I, like, I, I, love when, I love when you go local. And they've got the Guardians of Traffic statue there, statues yeah. there, right outside the ballpark. So I, I, I like, I like the name. It's, it's my favorite new team name in sports since. Uh, well, the Kraken was good. I like the Kraken, mm, but uh, the uh, the Pelicans. Name. I'm a big New Orleans fan of the team name New Orleans Pelicans. Not a big mm. Commanders fan. No, yeah, Commanders no, sucks. don't like that at all. Yeah. I didn't mind the Golden Knights, but also I didn't mm, I didn't think like it made, that at all. Sense. Yeah. yeah, Seattle Kraken. I like that. Kraken's good. Pro Kraken. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm not anti-Guardian. It's just boring because they, they have the same uniforms, basically the same C. They have a new weird baseball logo, but that's about it. Um, do, do we want to talk real quick about the uh, Manny Benuelos game on May 9th, 2019, where he gave up five earned runs, or the Manny Benuelos game against Cleveland on May 14th in 2019 when he gave up five earned runs? You know when five they, days later. He gave, yeah, he gave back-to-back up back-to-back starts. Back starts. He gave up five earned runs against Cleveland. Man, really man. consistent. Ten, ten earned runs I, in eight and a third innings. You know when they say... You you know, you have a bad memory and it's repressed. I do not recall <laughs> that. Like, I just took it out of my mind because I, I guarantee I watched both of those games and I do not remember, firstly, Manuel Benuelos pitching for the White Sox and it's just out of my mind. Like, I'm just so furious with him, apparently, and I didn't know that he was getting ate up by the Cleveland same, Indian. Same season, Manny <sighs> Benuelos. Irvin Santana, oh Odrisimer Despagne. That was his season. I still got Odrisimer Despagne in my mind. Ugh. I mean, you, those are the pangs of rebuilding teams. Yeah. Yeah. You have to have these pitchers who just give you innings sometimes and are going to get their heads blown in. It's man, 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 Benuelos. Is he a lefty? Yeah, he was, and that's oh, why, uh, why Jordan Luplo killed him. Why that's why Babe Luplo was was murdering him. He hit two home runs in that uh, that first one on May 9th. Uh, so he had eight total bases in that one. Two solo God. shots for uh, Jordan Luplo off uh, Manny Benuelos. Ricky, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> he had no one else to go to. It was that or Ross Detweiler. Ricky's like, what are you talking about? I got Drusim or just Bonnie otherwise. <laughs> Shut up, Herb. Thank you guys for watching the CHGO White Sox podcast, and thank you for listening. He's if you're listening on your uh, ride home. I, I need to call up Ricky Renteria and say, you're a saint for you what you did. 
I, I think I had his number. Mm. He's a San Diego oh, guy. Greg. Yeah, maybe he's a San Diego guy. He's a good you got guy. Sean Evans on the podcast. Let's see if That's we can tomorrow. get former uh, former uh, oh, White he's Sox not coming on. <laughs> manager Ricky Renteria <laughs> he's on the he's a, he's, a, podcast. he's too good of a guy. Herb teased it. Sean Evans will be on the podcast tomorrow. We are live at 2 p.m. We will be joined by Sean immediately at the start of the show. So if you're listening, uh, or if you're looking forward to that, 2 p.m. tomorrow, you could join us on the YouTube live stream. We always tweet it out at CHGO underscore White Sox. So follow us there. Sean Evans, the host of Hot Ones, will be joining Vinny, Herb, and I on tomorrow's episode of the CHGO White Sox podcast presented by PointsBet. Use code CHGO to, when you sign up to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. For Vinny Duber, for Herb Lawrence, for our producer, Stephen Nicholas, I'm Sean Anderson. We will talk to you tomorrow when it will be a hot episode. <laughs> <laughs>